listening to First Church Charlotte. people. My name is Nathan. I'm the pastor of First Church Charlotte. Thank you for watching. We are in Mark chapter number 9. We are reading at verse number 38. Now John answered him saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow us. But Jesus said, Do not forbid him forbid him for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon after speak evil of me for he who is not against us is on our side for whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ assuredly I say to you he will by no means lose his reward so my title for this Bible time together is simply this, while I'm on the subject, while I'm on the subject. I'll explain as we go. Uh, this moment of scripture is happening um, in a specific moment. Um, we're not simply reviewing a large body of teaching over time, but this is happening in a specific moment where Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem where he has been trying to convince his disciples for a good little while now that he's going to go to Jerusalem, he's going to suffer many things, ultimately he is going to die. They have struggled with this. They've tried rebuking him, they've tried ignoring him, they've tried distracting him. He has set his face as a flint the writer says, and he is going to his spiritual destiny. He is going as a covering for all the transgressions of humanity. He who was holy is assuming our unholy nature, our unholy acts, and through grace, allowing us to receive the reward of his goodness while he receives the reward of our sin. And the disciples are struggling with this different kingdom. Uh, they, they know how the world works, and they know that there's a hierarchy in any movement, any kingdom. There are the people who are at the top, and there's everyone else. And so just before this, we talked about this last week, um, they're, they're having this uh, argument among themselves on who should be greatest. Um, and their solution to the mission of spiritual calling is to create a committee that they are in charge of. Um, they're thinking, you know, network marketing operation, and they're at the top. <laughs> and this is, uh, this is refuted by Jesus. And he, he says, he gives us in this moment five principles of true discipleship but it's all happening in response to this struggle that's going on in the minds and the hearts of the disciples. And if you rush through the text, you will not appreciate the uniqueness of it and the fact that Jesus is still talking about the battle they're having inside of whether or not they're going to be in charge of this kingdom of which they are a part. First, let me show you that. So Jesus 
is dealing with a question, and we started in our text where John asks another question. They've already been fighting among themselves. And then John asks this question of, look, well, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, but they don't follow us, so we told them to stop. What's happening here? So Jesus has shut down their play, which is an internal debate on who gets to be in charge. And the next response of the flesh is, well, if I don't get, if I'm not allowed to be in charge, if there's not a formula where I get to be the leader of it, I think I'll fall back on the next best thing, and that's to limit who can be a part of it. You see, if there's not many people a part of it, I'm bound to get a better position. But if there's more people a part of this, um, uh, you know, I might get pushed to the back. And this is the dilemma. This is just how deceiving the flesh is. Um, Probably John thinks that he's asking a different question. But it all goes back to the same service of self. We want to be in charge. We want to make sure nobody gets ahead of us. We want to control who is Um, who has authority, who's the leader. Uh, And Jesus then says something to them that says, look, as long as they're doing it in my name, don't fight with them about it. Whatever they do in my name is is, uh, potentially beneficial. And so this is the moment where it seems as though Jesus says, okay, you guys want to talk, let's talk. While I'm on the subject, let me give you some more things that you should be thinking about. And Jesus gives them four more things. Are you ready for this? Uh, the first was do not stop him. Um, anybody who give the second to anyone who gives a cup of water in my name, uh, it will be, they will not use their reward. Next, do not offend a little one. Those who believe in me do not cause them to stumble. If you harm them, it would be better for you if you had a millstone tied around your neck. You probably know the passage. And this, out of nowhere, seemingly of another order of spiritual insight. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed with two hands than to go into hell where the fire never goes out. Same for your feet. If your eye, same for your eye. Um, Don't go to hell, whatever you do. Uh, Everyone, finally, uh, will be salted with fire. Uh, Everyone, verse 41, 49 will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves. And here's the moment where Jesus lets them know he knows how all of this got started. He has brought them full circle. They're talking about how we get ahead. They go through five principles of discipleship. Jesus brings them right back to the beginning, the original problem. Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. How did this whole conversation start? They're fighting over who should be uh, the greatest, the greatest in the kingdom. Uh, It started with Jesus trying to change the thinking of the disciples from the hierarchy of humanity to the servant basis 
of the kingdom of God. And he counsels them, verse 33 through 35 of the same chapter, Mark 9. Uh, this is a way involving servitude, involving service. And then verses 36 and 37, he counsels them uh, to be humble. This is a way of uh, uh, humility. It is the only way. And if we don't do it that way, we miss something uh, deeply, deeply necessary to the kingdom of the kingdom of God. So five things. The first of them is a direct response to John seemingly changing the subject to, well, what about those who, they're, they're not followers, but they use your name. And then Jesus gives them four more while he is on the subject. Um, let's review these. First, as we read together, anyone who isn't against me, uh, uh, they're actually, uh, you know, if, the, if, they're, if they're speaking in my name, don't try to banish them. Don't try to hurt them. Just let them do what they do, okay? And this seems to be, if you're a Bible student at all, this seems to be a contradiction to another passage uh, where in Matthew chapter number 12, verse number 30, Jesus says this, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. And then here in Mark, uh, Jesus says, do not stop him. For no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. What's going on here, Jesus? Are you contradicting yourself? Um, there is, to anyone who has spent time in the scripture, uh, there is a lesson to be learned in how God uses opposites, but that is not what he's doing here. You have to read carefully because in the text where Jesus says, they're not against us, leave them alone, the context is that they're doing it in Jesus' name. They're not, if they're, they're not against us, they're for us. What are we doing? We're speaking in the name of Jesus. Everything we do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. That's not the problem. But in Matthew chapter number 12, he doesn't say with us or against us. He says, isn't with me, opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me, not us, me. The difference is what are they doing and in what name are they doing it? Not just for clarity, let me say, not just what they're doing, but in what name are they doing it? The clear lesson is this. If they are against Jesus as a spiritual way, then they are not of us and perhaps we should. Uh, make note of the error of their ways. But if they're doing it in the name of Jesus, we should not be quick to make enemies of them. Uh, this has not been the history of the church uh, for most of its, its story. Uh, we have very much chosen various theological positions, various denominational inheritances, and we have fought one with another. And oftentimes, uh, we drove a lot more people away from faith than we converted to our worldview. Uh, the point is not that we accept everything, but the point is if we can agree on Jesus, we should err on the side of fellowship, not on the side of conflict. Uh, 
If we can agree on the name of Jesus, we should err on the side of kindness and mercy, not on the side of rebuke and correction, do you see? That's the difference. This is not a situation where two truths are held in tension because they're both ideals and we wrestle with the movement of our life between them as ideals. That's not what's happening here. The, the unique thing is, are they doing what they do in the name of Jesus? The disciples want to stop him. This is the nature of the human heart. This is, uh, shows that because we're primarily motivated by fear, we only can soothe ourselves by having control. And if we can't be in control, then we cannot have fellowship. There is a lot of, a lot of people who uh, have erred in their need to control others. They're not content to serve God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. They, you know, are gentle with themselves, but then they're quite judgmental with, <clears throat> with others. So this first principle is, are they doing it in his name? And if they are, let them be. Don't make an enemy out of them. You don't have to join them per se. You don't have to go around and promote them per se. But there's, there's no cause uh, to make enemies out of someone who is professing the name of Jesus. That's principle number one. So, John, your first plan to put yourself in charge and your brothers and friends in charge, it's not working out well for you. Your second choice, if you can't control who's in charge, your second try is to control who's involved. We at least can be the, you know, the classroom police and take down the names of anyone transgressing. Jesus shoots that down too. You don't get any control, John. What you do, however, get is a chance to serve others. You don't get to tell anyone what to do <laughs> unless it's this gospel. It's not about your kingdom. Do you see? Uh, and then Jesus dives into this. And while I'm on the subject, while I'm on the subject, and he goes, principle number two, a cup of cold water given in the name of Jesus. Remember who we're having unity with, who we're having agreement with, who we are including and not excluding. The smallest thing done in the name of Jesus will be rewarded. Not my opinion, not your opinion, Jesus's words. If you want to argue with Jesus, that's a whole different issue. I certainly do not want I do not want to do it. The smallest acts done in the name of Jesus can have a real life-changing impact in someone else's life. When we help others, the Lord takes notice. Read Matthew chapter number 25, uh, verses 34 through 40. When we invest and give and care and love others, uh, the Lord takes notice. When we support uh, ministries and we volunteer our time and our efforts, joining it with other believers, it is uh, not just the work of the kingdom, but we have the benefit of fellowship in the work. And then Principle number three, remember, Jesus is on the subject of you don't get to be in charge and you don't get to be in charge of who's involved. You don't get to say who's the leader and you don't get to say, <laughs> disciples, you don't get to say who is welcome in the cool kids club. No, you don't. And while I'm on the subject, anything you do in my name can be used for the furtherment of my kingdom. And beware, here's the next scripture. Uh, be, be cautious, be careful about offending a weak one. Be careful about causing a little one to stumble. This is in the context of the disciples trying to be in charge, either put themselves at the top or control who gets to be involved. Jesus says, by the way, 
be careful that you don't offend little ones. Um, I love that our church is quick to use people. I love that. I, I would really struggle uh, going to a church where people were like, you know, uh, kept uh, on probation for this long period of time before they could do anything to join their heart to the kingdom of God. Um, why, why is that? Because uh, it's the young one who is at risk of being offense, of, of, of suffering, I should say, uh, an offense. Some churches have done the reverse. It's the elders who are easily offended. And so all the new converts are the ones who have to carry offense because the elders don't have a heart to include and embrace and they're the ones always offended you'll notice churches like that where it's the elders who are easily offended notice they all have a growth problem Uh, people don't want to join people won't open their hearts to that Uh, I'm not saying they don't have disciples Jesus admitted even the Pharisees have disciples he said when you're done with them his words they're seven times the son of hell you are (laughs) or something like that (laughs) Um, you, you, you it's not, it's not that they have no converts. It's that the, the weight is placed on the weak, not the strong. And so if you've been serving God for a while and something has offended you, take this as um, an encouragement from the Lord. Um, you should not be easily offended. It's the weak who we should be worried about being easily offended. Those of us strong in the Lord, we should be able to keep a, you know, a, a good spirit. We should be able to take a beating, you know. Uh, and not lose our maturity of faith and our strength of character and our, our sense of spiritual purpose and destiny. It takes a lot to stop someone mature in their faith and strong in their consecration to God. Don't cause little ones to stumble. It makes God really, really angry when you do that. It would be better, not my words, if you had a millstone tied around your neck <laughs> than if you did that. The Lord loves the new convert, even if some of us don't. Uh, The Lord is invested in the health of the weak soul, even if some of us aren't. And so uh, while he's on the subject, Jesus wants to throw in some discipleship principles that that make a difference. The next principle he throws in here, and I want you to, you, I've never heard this taught this way. Maybe you haven't either. I want you to open your heart to it. Jesus then says, if your hand offend thee, cut it off. If your eye offend thee, pluck it out. If your foot offend you, cut it off. What in the world is going on here? This doesn't make logical sense, uh, obviously, because it's not a practical uh, uh, practical command. It is speaking um, in theme, principle, and allegory. Um, and the disciples knew that. That's why none of them were short a hand, foot, or eye. Do you see that? Not one of them were short a hand, foot, or eye, yet they all died. It's not that they, for their faith, they were willing. They just understood the teaching Jesus was giving them. And so um, he's basically saying, look, you would be better to maim yourself and save your soul than you would be to worry over the flesh and let your soul rot from within. What are you talking about here, Jesus? Let me say it this way. Again, this isn't, uh, open your heart to this. I've never heard it taught this way. This whole context of scripture is about the disciples either being in charge or controlling who gets to be involved. 
And then Jesus says, if your eye, if your hand, if your foot, he's telling them to quit worrying about other people. Quit worrying about people who are casting out demons in my name. Is he doing it in my name? Well, then what is it to you? They're not your enemy. Don't offend little people. Don't offend weak people. Don't offend little ones. And if your hand offend thee, the problem is you. Not them. You. If your eye offend thee, deal with that. If your feet, deal with that. Quit dealing with other people. Imagine Jesus looking at someone who would cut others off from the kingdom of God. Well, he's not a part of us, so you don't get to use the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, if you imagine, this is me uh, having uh, what I think of as contextual, um, scriptural, uh, an attempt to understand the, scriptural, the scripture contextually. If you want to worry about cut something off, you cut you off, but don't cut little ones off. Don't cut off people who are using the name of Jesus and aren't a part of us. You don't get to be in charge. Number one. Number two, you don't get to control who's involved. If you're looking for something to cut off, you cut off your hand. You pluck out your eye. You cut off your feet. Don't cut off my hand. Remember the body of Christ? Don't cut off my hand, my feet, my eye. You want to maim something? Maim your own body, Jesus would say, and not mine. Mm, my goodness. Just working along, preaching a little bit. <laughs> uh, if you want to do something exclusionary and radical, you do it to you. you. Don't do it to other people. And finally, the fifth principle that Jesus gives to the disciples while he's on the subject is, look, uh, we are seasoned with fire. There will be a fire of judgment, but there's also a fire of the way of the disciple and we're seasoned by it. I'm telling you, Jesus would say, avoid the fire of hell, but know that in your life there will be <laughs> hellfire. <laughs> uh, know that we're all gonna be seasoned by uh, fire, the purifying nature of trials and tribulation. Believe it or not, as strange as it is to think, there can be glory in suffering. And then Jesus says, bringing it all the way back to where they beginning. And oh, by the way, could you guys have peace one with another? This is the things Jesus would say while he's on the subject. The subject of what? Quit trying to put yourself in charge of something. Quit trying to control others and their involvement. Oh, and since I'm on the subject, if they are not against us, as long as they're not speaking another name, then they're for us. Any small thing done is worthy of its spiritual work. A cup of water in his name has value. Don't cause little ones to stumble. Don't try to exclude little ones from the kingdom of God. If you want to cut something off, you worry about you. You want to, you want to separate. You want to talk about who needs to be kicked out. You worry about you. You pluck out your eye. You cut off your hand. And finally, uh, fire has a positive effect on the believer. Trouble is not the end of us. And then Jesus beautifully brings it around to its final re reality, full circle. And you guys have peace one with another. This all started with a fight over who would be first. 
and Jesus had a few things he wanted to say along the way. We love you. God bless you. Parents, there's notes to go over this as a conversation to sit down and talk to your children. You need to teach your children the Word of God. If you're in the area and you have um, never visited our church, if you do not have a church, uh, we are, of course, open to you and we would love to host you. Two services, 9.15 a.m. and 11 a.m., 4929 North Sharon Amity, the east side of Charlotte. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.